Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors here at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about our Second Students ministry, check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Just search Second Students West. Enjoy the message. So the last couple weeks, we've been going through a series where we're talking about different religions. We want you guys to be informed of these other religions. We want you to know what they believe, what they say, so that you can know for sure what you believe and why you believe it. And you can feel um, confident talking to your friends, talking to family members about Jesus Christ and what you believe. And so just to go ahead and be clear, um, here we believe what the Bible says. We believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Without a relationship with Jesus Christ, accepting him into your heart and um, believing that he's God's son, that he died on the cross and rose again three days later so that we could have an eternal relationship um, with God in heaven forever. Without believing that and accepting that, um, there's no hope because he is the only one true way to heaven. So we just want to go ahead and preface this conversation tonight with that. That is what we believe and what we stand on. So today we are going to be talking about the religion of Islam. And so um, how many of you answered at your table, you do know somebody that is a Muslim? Okay, yeah, this is a huge, huge religion in our world. There are 1.8 billion people that are followers of Islam. And just to be clear, Islam is the religion, and a Muslim is somebody that is a follower of Islam. So just like we are Christians because... um, Our religion is Christian and we are Christians. And then there's Buddhists who follow Buddha while Muslims follow the religion of Islam. Make sense? Cool. Okay, so it is a false religion. This is something that, you know, can be very easily confused with Christianity. And if you have ever talked to your Muslim friend, then you could probably see that there are a lot of differences, but also a lot of similarities. And so tonight we're going to cover... Um, three main topics that you you can see a close relationship between the two, but when you really dive deeper and look into it, they are very different. And so we want to really focus on those specific things tonight so that you don't get confused and you can stand strong in what the Bible says. So go ahead and just take a few minutes. I want you guys to look at your table. I want you to talk about who is Allah, what is the Quran, and how do Muslims believe that they get to heaven? Hope you are. We're going to be talking about three um, three main categories tonight, and we're going to dive into the first one here. So the first one is the God that Islam people who follow Islam follow, which is Allah, as Erica said earlier. So we're going to talk about a little bit about Allah, which is their God, who He is, and what they believe about Him. So Muslims believe in and teach that. There is one God. They are a monotheistic um, religion, which is the same as us. Christianity is also a monotheistic religion. We worship one God. But they believe that Allah is the creator and that he is sovereign, um, which means in complete control over everything. So if you're talking to a Muslim, if you're talking to someone who follows um, this religion, they might try to convince you that what you believe is the same, that since we're both, um, since we both worship one God, that they are the same. And this is absolutely 100% not true. And I just want to make sure we all know that today. There's a fundamental fundamental differences, a lot of them, between God of the Bible, our God, and Allah. 
So Christians are monotheistic. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are monotheistic, which means we worship one God. But that God is a tri- what they call a triune God, which means he is three in one, which you have probably heard before. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And because of that, Muslims, people of this of Islam, they believe that we are not monotheistic. They believe that since our God is three in one, that there's no way that's possible. So that they believe that we are a polytheistic religion, which we are not. So Islams aren't monotheistic, and they reject the idea that we are monotheistic as real because God is a trinity, three in one. And another thing that you need to know about Allah, another main Thing that you need to know is that he is not a loving God. He is not a God that displays a lot of love, affection, care over his people like our God does. He's one that looks to works and good deeds to decide if one will be saved or not. That is the God that they know and that they worship. And so they don't know a God like us. And so it's really important if you're ever in conversation with, some, with a Muslim, it's really important to explain that to them so that they know that they don't know a lot about love and a lot about grace and a lot about mercy that our God has for us. They don't know a lot about that. They're very much a works-based religion, and they don't know a lot about love. So if you ever are in conversation with someone, stress that love that Jesus has for you. Stress the love that, stress the love that he loves you so much, even though we've all messed up a hundred times a day, but our God still loves us so much because they don't know a God like that. Muslims work their whole life to try and earn their love from Allah. That's what they work for. They, um, maybe if you have someone who's a neighbor, they'll constantly bring you over treats or invite you over for dinner or do all these things. That's because they're trying to earn the love of Allah. They're trying to earn um, favor in the eyes of Allah. And that's not the God that we know. As Jesus followers, we are loved and accepted not by anything we have done on our own, but by the grace that Jesus has for us and what Jesus did for us on the cross. They don't know anything about that. So what do Muslims believe about Jesus? Because if you're talking with someone, they might try to tell you that, hey, I believe in Jesus too. But here's what, here's what they believe about Jesus. Muslims believe that Jesus was a man and that he did live a sinless life, just like we believe. They do not believe that Jesus died on the cross for us. They do not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. And they believe that Jesus was a prophet and that he will come back one day. So yes, they believe in Jesus, but they don't even believe in our Jesus and the Jesus that actually came to come on the earth and save you and I for our sins. Um, and I just want to stress this tonight that how lucky we are <laughs> that we serve a God that doesn't look to our good deeds or doesn't look to um, how many t- things we do a day that are right in his eyes, but that we serve a God that is loving and cares for us even more when we mess up. And so that is one thing that we want to stress. So there are major differences between Allah and God of the Bible, the God that we serve. One being that Allah does not, is not a God of love, and that Allah only looks to the good works and deeds of his people. All right, so the second difference that we are going to dive into is the Quran. So the Quran is their their book that they follow. Like we follow the Bible, that is what they follow. And so it's the holy book of Muslims, and it was written by Muhammad, who they call a prophet. So the thing about Muhammad, 
Muhammad was that he, Muhammad, however you want to say it, Muhammad Ali, he, so he was sitting somewhere one day, and he had this revelation, he says, come from Allah. Now, he couldn't read or write, so he just spoke out this revelation, and the people that were around him tried to remember it. They didn't even write it down. They just tried to remember it. And then they, by word of mouth, they would pass on the Quran. That's what they called it. And so the crazy thing here is that this was all word of mouth. And if you've ever played the game of telephone, you know that you can hardly get two people away before the whole message is just messed up. And so that would be really hard for me to put my faith in that this word has not been distorted by someone who just spoke it and it was never written down. And the cool thing about the Bible is that there's over 26,000 original manuscripts that have been found and they all line up together and say the same thing. And so that right there is just incredible proof that the word of God hasn't changed. Now, Muslims do believe that the Quran is what they took from our Bible and changed it to be what God really wanted it to say, which is a little confusing, but they believe that they've restored the word of God. The other cool thing is that our Bible was written by peop multiple people instead of just one person. It was written by multiple people who had firsthand encounters with Jesus. If you look at the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this is all of their account of the life that they walked daily with Jesus. So they learned from him, they watched him day to day, and they wrote down everything that happened in their encounters with him and how he changed their lives. And then when it comes to the Quran, you know, Muhammad did not have encounters with Allah, and there was not other people in the Quran that have written about their encounters with Allah. It is purely just what Muhammad spoke. And so what's great about our, our Bible is that we know that there's so many people that have walked with Jesus and have experienced true life change and have um, written that down and kept that for years and years and years. Yeah, one thing that I think is so cool about the Bible as opposed to the Quran and every other book that all these other religions follow is that, like Erica was saying, the Bible is written by so many different authors, and they all write about different things, but they all line up, and all the stories, and you can piece together things, you can read about something in one book and go back and read about the same thing in a different book, and it's all um, a bunch of people's things about um, ideas and stories about what happened when they were with, with Jesus. So that's something that I love about the Bible that I think is really important to emphasize rather than the Quran that was all written by one person, one author. Um, yeah, that's just what I think is super cool about the Quran. I mean, about the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the best ways I've heard it explained before, you know, people will be very critical of the Gospels and say, well, you know, they all have a little bit like different details in it, but if me and Aaron both witnessed the same car accident and then I went and told the police one thing, it's going to have some different details than what Aaron goes and tells the police happened. And so, yes, it's still the same thing that's happening, but there may be significant differences that I remember that she doesn't remember and vice versa. And so you can look at the Gospels and see, okay, yeah, there's some different details, but you remember that's their personal account, their personal experience that they had. And it really helps to paint a f more full picture. Mm -hmm. When you have so many different perspectives, you get four different um, 
four different um, stories, like Erica said, that all line up together, and you get a more full picture of what happened and what it was like when Jesus was walking on the earth in the Gospels, which I think is really cool that God provides us with that yeah, full and, four and totally vibrant picture. Personalities, too. For sure. Yes. That so cool. Too. We're going to dive into our final area tonight, which is um, probably my favorite, and it's salvation. Um, so just to be clear, we as Christians believe that once you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, once you tell Jesus that you want him to be in control of your life, you want him to be your Lord, that means you are saved, that you will be with Jesus forever in heaven once you die, and you will have eternal life because of that. And so Islam does not teach that. Islam teaches that the best hope that anyone has that is a follower of um, this religion, the best hope that they have is that at the end of their life, they will have performed enough good works to outweigh the bad ones. And so that's really what their life is about, doing enough good works so that they can earn their salvation, so that they can outweigh everything bad, everything wrong that they have done to hopefully enter what they think is heaven. And so they have these things that they follow called the five pillars. And these are the things that they, their good works that they do to follow. Um, and I'm going to gonna list them real fast. The first one is creed. They have to believe that Allah is the only true God. The second one is prayer. And you might have heard this about Muslims, but they pray five times a day on their knees facing Mecca in that direction. The third one is almsgiving, which means giving to, to the poor, giving money to the needy. Fasting, they do a thing called Ramadan, which is at a certain time of the year they fast during daylight hours. And then the fifth is um, the pilgrimage, which they believe a lot um, that at least once in your life you have to travel to Mecca at least once. So they have these five pillars. They have all these things that they aim and strive to do so that they can hopefully, fingers crossed, have enough good works so that they can be with Allah. But guys, that's not the way to heaven. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you know that the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And I just want you to imagine something real quick. Imagine going through life not knowing if you will be accepted on the day of judgment or not. Imagine going through life and you get to the end of it and you are terrified of death. Most Muslims, if you talk to them, they are terrified of death because they don't know if they have done enough. They, fingers crossed, like I said earlier, pray, hope that they have done enough at the end of their life. And I don't know about you, but I'm super thankful that that's not our story as Christians. We don't have to hope or um, anything like that, that we've done enough good things because we know that God has already accepted, accepted us. All we have to do is call on his name. All we have to do is believe and trust in him. So I want to read, thank you, I want to read um, you a verse, and I would really encourage you to write this verse down, highlight it in your Bible if you have it, um, because this is our salvation, and this is the true way to salvation. It's in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to give you a second to turn there. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 4. It says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the 
immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. And that's so powerful, and that is the truth that we can cling to and that we can hold on to today. Not hoping that we've done enough good works at the end of our lives. Not being so scared and terrified of death because we don't know what will happen, but by believing and trusting in this hope that Jesus has earned for us. We have, that, we have assurance in that. We have a confidence in that. So that you can go around walking, um, living your lives every day knowing that you have a confidence in this, in Jesus, because you are sure that you will see him at the end of your life here on earth. We will be brought into the kingdom of God and be with God forever. And as we were studying and learning about um, Islam over the past couple weeks, I've just been super thankful for that. I don't know about y'all. But I've been super thankful that we serve a God that's super loving, um, that doesn't judge me based on the mistakes I've made, but that looks at me and calls me beloved. And so I've been super thankful for that. And I hope as we've been um, studying these other religions that you are super thankful for that as well. All right. So um, last week, um, if you were here, you heard me talk a little bit about my brother and how my brother you know, he would call himself an atheist, but when it really came down to it, he was agnostic because he just flat out didn't care. He didn't really want to think about it. He didn't want to believe. And what actually led to that, you know, because growing up, me and him, we both were saved at a young age and baptized, grew up going to church camp, loving the Lord. And then I went off to college. And when I went off to college, my mom decided that she wanted to do the foreign exchange program where she would have somebody from Morocco come over to America and live a whole year um, and go to high school in America, live with them, learn about America. So the girl that came over from Morocco, she was a Muslim. And so she came into our home. Sorry, we need to stand up. So she came into our home and she hung up a sign in our home. And I was at college and so I, I wasn't there to see this or anything, but she hangs up this sign in our home. It says, there is no God but Allah. And when I found out about that, I was, I was so upset. And my mom was like, well, you know, it's what she believes. And I don't want to hurt her feelings. And I'm like, you don't have to hurt her feelings. But, like, we have to let her know the truth. We have to let her know what we believe. And my brother at this point, he was about 13 years old. And this confused him so much because he started, my mom welcomed it into our home, which is great. You want to have people in your life that you can pour into and you can tell about Jesus. But my mom didn't tell her about Jesus. My mom let her tell us, my family, all about the God that she serves. And so my brother became very confused. My brother, like we've been telling you all night, there are a lot of things that sound very similar. And if you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, and if you don't know what God's word truly says about who Jesus is and who our God is, you can be confused very easily. And so my brother, this is what happened to him. He didn't. I was telling him one thing about Jesus, what he grew up learning about, and now um, a follower of Islam was in our house telling him about Islam. He became so confused, and that's what led to him being agnostic, because he just didn't care anymore. He was like, you, you believe what you want to believe, you believe what you want to believe, and I just don't care. I don't want any part of it. And that just broke my heart, because I saw the confusion, and I wanted him to know the truth, but he didn't know where to start, because he didn't look into it for himself. 
instead of researching and finding the facts and seeking out God and praying to God to let him know what was right, he just gave up. And so one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 4, 14 through 15, and it says, As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So he tells us here, don't be fooled by all the different things that this world is throwing at you. Don't be tossed back and forth by the waves, just like a boat is tossed back and forth. Like, stand your ground and stand firm. Know who God says he is in the word. Know who Jesus is and know who he is in your life. Just like these are encounters of God, encounters that, of people that walked with God, you have to know when you had that experience with God and the experiences and encounters that you have with him daily. And that is what's gonna put you on that firm foundation. Also, I want to encourage you guys, look into these other religions. God is not scared of our questions. God is not afraid of our doubts. He wants us to run to him with our questions, with our doubts, with our fears. Because he tells us in Jeremiah 29, 13, he says, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. When we dive into his word, when we really seek him out, pray to him, study who he is, he is going to reveal himself in ways to us that are greater than anything that we could ever imagine. Go to God with your questions. Go to God with your doubts and your fears. It's okay to study what Islam says. It's okay to study different religions to see what they say. And I encourage you to do that so that when someone comes to you with questions, when someone engages you in a conversation about it, you know what you believe and why you believe it. And you're not going to be tossed back and forth and, and fooled by different things like you know, the Quran taking our, our scripture and twisting it. You're going to know the truth. And so if you're in here tonight and you feel like maybe you don't, you don't know where you stand, you don't know that you have that solid, firm foundation, maybe sometimes you are tossed back and forth. We don't want you to leave here tonight without being sure of what you believe. And we know that, that sometimes throwing all this stuff at you guys can be confusing, but the beauty of what Aaron said is that we serve a God that loves us so much and we can run to him with everything and know that he's going to receive us in love and he gives us that grace. And that's exactly why he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us because he wants that relationship with us because he loves us.